welcome everyone to series two of What the Mind Sees, the Body Creates. Now in this series, we're going to go on a self-awareness, self-exploration expedition. Because when we know ourselves, we are more aware of what we are thinking and feeling and our actions, then we can make empowered, conscious choices to change. Now, you're not going to be left alone on this because I can show you some really easy, quick, in-the-moment mind state change techniques and also various ways of expanding your possibilities and raising your emotional vibe so that you it is easier really to attract and also then feel different in your body, which as we've been talking about, goes out into the world and is the magnet for more of what you choose to focus on, the things that you choose to feel. And when we get very clear what we would like our destiny to look like, what we'd like our, or we choose our future to be more like, then we are really creating a life on our own terms. So join us for this particular series and let's get started. Hi there everyone and welcome back to this particular episode. Today we're going to go on a bit more of a structured adventure and one where we can certainly start to use the questions that we have um, been talking about in the last two episodes. Now I'm curious to know how you're following uh, these particular series and some of the challenges you might have been experiencing or even learning along the way. As we're literally walking through the book, What the Mind Sees, the Body Feels, Creates and Attracts, the, edition, the newer edition of this that goes in a lot more detail and a lot more, in my opinion, a bit more of a smoother version. So as I said, today we're going to be more of a structured one. And the reason being is when we can, for some people, when we can actually create structure in our mind, life does become that little bit easier. And the same too, when we're thinking through or we are assessing or attempting to make sense of what's going on in our lives. Sometimes we, if we have a formula or a sequence or a process, then we can go in the moment, okay, bang, bang, bang. This is the steps that I can take. So that's what this one's going to be about. Now I call this the empty theater activity. The reason being is that you are calling in your director character, as we spoke about two episodes ago, the different characters of our mind. We're going to in fact utilize these characters that are our voices in our mind. Now, a bit of a refresh and a recap, all of us do have different voices in our head. It's not mean that we're needing to see a psychologist for that reason, or you might benefit from seeing a psychologist or a psychotherapist or a counselor to help make sense of what the voices are saying. Now, the characters are very much around um, our ego having a say. And if you go back to the first series, there's an episode on ego and what it is and how it's created and its role, which is really a protector. And then understanding or being aware that the story that the ego talks from are literally folders, just in a filing cabinet, literally folders of data and information that has been collated together to help create a view or a point of view or a perception and really all our rules and beliefs around how life should be, could be, must be, 
um, don't step out of the boundary, out of the boxes and those types of conditions that we live our life by. But what happens then, and this is a serious question, what happens when life knocks, bulldozes, sideswipes, slaps us on the face around these rules and beliefs that really don't necessarily work in a healthy functional manner in our stage of life, in the roles that we're taking on, or we are growing, literally are developing, maturing into wisdom. And then there's sometimes a clash or a mismatch and misunderstandings that happen along the way. Yes, this is life. It, um, it, it does happen, it will happen. But the question is, knowing that we are responsible for our body reactions, our responses, our interpretation, perceptions, then sometimes by really going third party, or as we're about to describe, sit in the balcony and witness the experiences in a very emotionally detached manner. Now, again, this is not disassociation. This is not cutting out of reality. It is not shutting down from reality. It's more the opposite. It's the disassociation as in cutting the emotional judgment, the emotional entanglement, so you're seeing raw data being presented. So the emotional trigger is discharge. That's the where the disassociation comes in. Now the power of this is when we're looking at raw data without emotional attachment and entanglement, we can go, oh, well that makes more sense. We can have compassion for ourselves and empathy for ourselves and also for others. And so when we have this newer insights, newer perceptions or takes and um, relationships to other people, then we can move forward in a healthy, easier manner. We can also start to see, okay, this is where boundaries need to be created to not necessarily self-protect, but self-respect. And there is differences, nuanced differences with those two. When we're trying to protect, often we shut down, we, we cut off, we um, put our walls and the barbed wire and we create a barrier. When we're self-respecting, it's actually inside out projection. We're going, no, I'm actually worth being respected. I am worth doing what I'm doing. And no, I'm not going to allow you to overstep and disrespect or cause me harm. But to do that well, to create those boundaries in a healthy way, one still needs to know and to comprehend oneself. So again, this is where these activities from here on, on these episodes are going to be doing really around the self-awareness experiences so that you can make conscious, aware choices around your yeses and your noes. Now, as with all that we're doing, this is not therapeutic advice as such. It is purely an exercise or a strategy that can be employed. If you're triggered, seek help, okay? Um, you know, by listening to this, you've already taken on the responsibility of exploring. And so with that self-responsibility, again, it's stepping into your power. It is stepping into a choice of going, I'm curious 
about how, what, when, and why these things are happening. Historically, what's the pattern? What's actually happening now? Who are the characters that are playing out in this experience? And another way I like to look at it sometimes is literally just a chess board game where the, where the, different, um, the different pieces are being maneuvered around a checkers board or, or um, yeah, um, a chess board, sorry about that, a checkers board or a chess board or something where someone else is making the choices and we need to react and respond and at times self-defend. But again, we need to know the rules of the game. And so by exploring what our perceived rules are, the ones we believe to be true for us historically, what we choose to keep now, depending on our stage of life, um, our roles that we're playing, and also the ones we choose to become more of. So our character into the future, which is the reason why we did in the last episode, our life purpose to an extent, you know, our mission statement, the end in mind. Who do you want to be known for later in life? Because without knowing that, I, I think we just really just flounder along on a stream, like a leaf on a stream, and we get carried away with whatever, whoever. But when we start to ask these types of questions and do these activities, we literally start to either build a rudder or we develop the oars and then we learn the skills of how to literally navigate in a safer vessel down the life stream. So let's start diving in. The anti-theater activity, as I've already hinted, it's literally about going up. So if you can imagine, you know, pick a, a fairly inert situation, maybe one that doesn't have a huge emotional charge just with this activity. So I can walk you through the process of how to do this. So just recall a scene of the day, an experience or a situation where you go, oh, that was an interesting one. Let's look at this a little bit more. And then you literally ask in your mind's eye all the different characters to instead of, or you can see it as it happened in real life, in your imagination, recalling, or you can put them on a stage, literally in a theater stage, or even on the movie screen, whatever works for you. Now your director character is then stepping forward in your mind's eye. So see yourself having the director, you know, he might have the foghorn, he may have the hat, the scarf, whatever it is that works for you. You can play with this because you've just been curious about, okay, what happened in this scene that didn't quite work? And the director is taking particular notes, again, unemotionally attached. And by literally watching each character, how they interacted, their body language, um, and maybe even having a bit of an exploration around the other characters, history, or attitudes or what's going on for them in that moment around the situation in their private lives in the work life whatever it is that's relevant the director can make more informed choices and it's like okay these are the characters on the stage let's press play let's watch <clears throat> excuse me let's watch what happens when we're repeating in our mind's eye what actually went down the director is observing 
he's taking notes or she is taking notes and going okay that person did that 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 and said this this and this their body language was doing this so we're looking at the words spoken the way they said it and also their body language is it incongruence is there a truism between the word deed and action yes no now if there is a mismatch between those three get really curious as to why it might be maybe they're attempting to appease maybe they're attempting to keep peace maybe they don't have the confidence or the security to to be more real and truthful maybe they're hiding maybe they're um, you know just playing the game you know maybe they've been pushed in subservience or maybe pushed into being the bully from self-protection requirements or even because they really have a valid opinion around what's going on so if you look at each character in the situation even if it's just you and someone else look at both sides look at yourself again unemotionally attached and the other person in the situation look at their body language the words that are being said and the how they're being said is it relevant is it true is it um, appropriate even knowing the situation at hand now if you really aren't sure then there's another layer to this that you can really do because we're all connected in spirit you know the whole ethos we're all together you can in fact have a conversation with the individual characters in ether now this might be better to do it with someone um, like a trained specialist a therapist until you get the hang of it but in principle it goes like this you can literally say okay please tell me what's going on in your world at this moment and just listen to the response but remember it is without judgment now if you're not familiar with this there might be resistance on either side or both sides there may be a wall and this is why doing it with a trained therapist can be a little bit more useful but the concept really is to open up your heart space open your mind and literally have a neutral conversation out of curiosity and allowing the other person to speak so on the website with steps to change.com.au there is in fact some meditation recordings that can help you achieve that it literally takes you down in your psyche and it's the campfire effect where you invite the different characters in to have those conversations and get to the heart and forgiveness phase. So let's, if you wanted to practice that, do that. But let's go back to this stage. So the director is observing. You may have had that bit of a conversation. You may have a bit more insight into the other character's state of mind, emotional state at this particular situational moment. Now with this information about you, about the other characters, the director has the opportunity to start rewriting the script. And, and it's about again going, okay, in the ideal world, it would actually look and feel and say like this. This is what the different characters, myself more so included, would be responding like using words such as and be body language that's doing this. So the be, have, do. And then when we're letting go with insight, our reaction, remember reaction is different to response. A reaction is that knee jerk trigger response playing out 
where there is response is a calculated, structured interpretation and delivery of information. And again, that's not coerced. It's not uh, manipulated. It's like, this is who I choose to be. This is who I choose to speak from. And this is the resolution I'm attempting to work towards. Now, I can hear some of you saying, well, this ain't going to happen. The other person is not going to go blah, 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 blah. And it might even escalate. And yes, in real life, it might. But at the same time, in our visualization, when we do practice this, we are starting to rewire our own brain. And remember what we focus on under the universal laws, what we focus on, our vibrational intent, our energy states, and then the delivery of that is what influences our reality. So from my experience, when I've done this, and I use this tool all the time, literally, and sometimes it's on a daily basis, especially when I'm in a really challenging stage of, of life or experiences, like, okay, what's actually going on here? And I will literally take myself up, look down at the situation, Sometimes it's real time, maybe sometimes it will disassociate and go, okay, what the hell is actually going on here? And look at it in the moment, third person. And I'll be like, okay, I'm feeling this. This is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm saying. Is that an actual truth or am I reacting? And of course, if I'm reacting, okay, so what's what am I reacting from? What is my fear? Remember the ego talks from protective fear. And it's okay, do I need to hold that in this moment? Is the other people or person really on purpose being antagonistic, annoying, frustrating, or is it just a whole situation just getting a little out of hand? And sometimes that's enough to calm myself down and go, I'm the one being the idiot, so to speak. Without a blame, it's like, okay, let's, let's totally diffuse my reaction point at this. Let me own it and go, okay, I choose not to be triggered. Let me be patient. Let me deep breathe. Let me read into what's going on with a more open heart. Now, often this will actually work and I can hear and see and perceive the other person's more truth. And often it will be they're scared or they're intimidated or they are you know, doing their best with their stress factors that are playing out in their life or it is just their character and as we all know we're all screwed up to a degree we all have our own biases and trigger points and our frustrations and all those types of things we have personality traits and clashes and all those beautiful dynamics of a kaleidoscope at times literally as the kaleidoscope turns they're bumping and challenging each other and creating a different picture at any given second. So just put that into perspective. And so with that, and maybe bringing the idea of the kaleidoscope, even if you're struggling with the amphitheater concept, is that what type of picture do you wish to create? Because at the end of the day, kaleidoscopes are just shattered glass and we're all shattered glass. So let's recap a little bit. Play out the scene, the situation you want to be curious about and learn and gain more insight around. What are the individual characters, including you, doing, being, saying? 
what's the words are used in the body language and the intent or the demeanor behind each situational character. How are they interacting? Check in with yourself what's your emotional response or reaction and what's being triggered in you because we can only look after ourselves. Is there a truth in that? Is there an actual need to be defensive, protective, antagonistic or bowing down? Now I'm going to suggest in most cases no because there are our learnt responses. So with this, you can go, okay, well, how would I rather respond? And maybe it's saying a firm no. Maybe saying, okay, I'll get back to you. Let me, let me consider what's, what you're actually asking or saying at this point. Or maybe sometimes it's like, okay, I totally disagree with you. And can we schedule a meeting to discuss this in a more appropriate manner? They're creating healthy boundaries. They're respecting yourself and going, okay, I actually need some time out here to reassess or I say, no, you are not going to treat me that way. This is not appropriate. And in a sense, give back with love the responsibility to the other person for their side. Listen to this, their side of the interaction. Now, I know, trust me, I know what it feels like to deal with a big bully who is intimidating and feeling inferior and very insecure. And when you stand up to the bully, of course, they're going to push back even more. So again, this is where you can visualize and go from, from memory, from history, this is how this person's likely to respond and react and say, but I'm going to choose to do it like this. I'm choosing in the future to say these types of words, to have this type of body language that's more empowered and strong and protective while still respecting the situ situation. Knowing your intent behind why you are doing and particularly why you are changing the script, because it's all a script at the end of the day, you know how one person responds, especially if it's a learnt behavior, learnt dance, a learnt interaction through habits, then you can go, okay, I am confident that this is generally how it will go down, but I'm going to reclaim my side of this dance. I'm going to declare and state from here on, I will behave and say and do from this position. I'm going to self-care, self-love, self-respect, and I'm going to state very clearly the boundary line and knowing that they will push back. I've got a backup. I have more confidence, I'm going to practice my self-belief, I'm going to practice my assertive in a healthy way and say no. Maybe you need to employ some help, maybe you need a lawyer, maybe you need to get your best friend in literally to, in a sense to hold your hand, maybe you need to carry with you um, a, a, a mentor or something like that, Like uh, maybe it could be a, a rock or a ribbon or some people like a little token, a good luck charm sort of thing. And by just having that natural reinforcement to go, yeah, this is why I'm doing it. This is the rationale. This is why I'm so important. And to follow through with self-respect. And yes, you'll get it wrong. And that's going to be okay. You will get through this. You will survive. And yes, you will have wobbly moments. And yes, you'll not believe yourself the first couple of times either because it takes practice. Consider how, you're, how old you are now and how many years have you been doing this dance with yourself, first of all, 
being the people pleaser, the bowing down, the assertive, the projector, the, the joker, all the different ways of protecting your vulnerability. And everyone else in the scenario is how long have they been doing that? And then how long have you been doing the dance together? How often and how long have you been playing out those habit roles in the very similar manner? Is it a deep rut? Or is it just a, um, a flattened grass path at this point? So with this, with this new knowledge, this new insight, who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? How does that person look, feel, be, do and have? What are you growing into? What do you need to strengthen? What is some of the traits that you can either delegate or ask assistance with to be able to create the end solutions that are more desirable. Now again, something that I, I learned, um, a few of you know, maybe it doesn't matter if you do or don't, I will tell you where literally I, I had to, and I, and I mean had to because it was the only safe option left to protect my children, was literally to sign them over through the courts to the stepmother and dad. There was abuse in the family on their side, so to keep them safe was just like to minimize my contact with my children. So to, you can appreciate then the amount of unlearning I needed to do because I was always attempting to keep the peace and still stand my ground at the same time. It took quite a few years. However, what I observed um, through self-reflection the more I healed, the more I practiced this, the more insight I had around myself, the reasons why I did do and have, the more that I practiced saying no and standing my ground, the more forgiveness to myself that I gave, the more forgiveness I extended, particularly to the children, then it was easier for me to move on and also easier to live life in a more fulfilled way. What I also noticed as a secondary is that all the other relationships around me changed too. Those that were disrespectful drifted away. Those um, friendships or relationships where um, it was a healthier one, they became stronger. The effect on the children is one that has come back and seen me in more true light and the other one who still lives with their dad is still regarded, you know, more guarded. So the way I'm seeing and interpreting this end result of the inner work that I've been doing is that once you really start to heal and clean out, and I mean really go into the deep, deep, dark, dark tunnels and the shadows and the parts that really want to hide, then the more we heal them, we give them love, acceptance, compassion and empathy, then they don't feel the need to fight because they too are being heard and honored. There's a reason why they're there and was no one's fault because children only develop strategies of coping with very small amounts of information and experience. So the, the strategies of coping learned as a child are really quite innocent and naive and ignorant. So more I saw that in myself, the more I gave myself empathy and compassion it was much easier to really see other people's struggles emotionally and mentally 
and also then extend them compassion. Now, it didn't mean they're off the hook. It didn't mean that they were perfectly willing and able in my eyes to just do whatever they wanted, but it enabled me to have more discernment. Did I spend time with those people? Did I actually say no or yes? Did I actually just drift away? Did I need to confront them anymore? Could I just send them love from a distance, knowing that we're all connected anyway? Could I bring them into the into the campfire, into the heart circle, and have those conversations in a very distant, physical distance, but still in a very emotionally attached, honest, loving way? Now again, these are techniques that you can learn and practice, and, and I still would certainly suggest with a trained therapist until you got the hang of it. Because when you deep dive, sometimes it can be a little bit challenging to come back out unless you really do clean out. And this is where the hypnotherapy can be very powerful. So the other benefits is you start to get clear as to what you want to create in the future. Not only do you want to, who do you want to be from character, how do you in fact want to interrelate with others? What type of people do you want to invite onto your life stage? And how do you want those characters to interrelate with yourself, with, um, with each other? And so the director character in your mind and the observer and the lover, the warrior, the protector, the nurturer, all the various roles that we play have more authority because you've actually given them roles to do. Now, the other thing I've noticed is that when I've given my different parts a very defined function, then they love it. It's like giving a child a responsibility. They go, oh, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And they get more engaged in a healthier way. They want, they choose to do what needs to get done. And it's like teaching ourselves how to have a team effort in our own psyche. Now, team plays is a, is a value and Sometimes part of the team is to go, I'm disagreeing with you at this moment and this is the reasons why. I think there is or potentially a better way. So then it's like, okay, let's have a team brief. Like let's get together all the actors, all the different characters in the scenario. Let's literally just sit down together and brainstorm in our own mind's eye what it could be how could it be? How should it be? Working from love. I, know I don't often use the word should, but in this case, I'm going to say it and say because working from love, from pure love, you know, self-acceptance and self-compassion, when we're working with that and extending it to others, what would love do now? And working from that energetic space, it enables the whole scene to evolve into a more loving, nurturing, supportive, um, congruent process. And then all the different characters in the scene with the director and the observer in particular, not the judge or the critique, they have their say. However, it is still the director and the observer that get together and rewrite the script from a position of love, compassion, empathy, insight and wisdom. And maybe it is about, you know, talking it through with a therapist or it is going to the, the higher self through meditation and literally asking at times your angels, or always your angels, literally, you know, the higher beings that have your highest and your best interest at heart to help create 
the script and also stand behind the different characters in your life and ask the angels to voice through the new script. And while that might sound a bit weird, it really does work because again, we're all connected through ether. So from intent of love, when we put out love to the world and we focus on it, we extend love further and further and further. And because it's such a high vibe, the other people, the other characters in the scenario do actually feel it. They are often swayed to become that little bit different or nicer. Just observe it. Just give it a play. Give it a go. There's no harm in, in learning new skills. Now, it may not always work the way you project it to, and that needs to be okay because every person still has their free will. Every person still will need to address their own fears, limitation, barriers, and why their, their stuff comes up. We are not responsible for it. We are not the ones to force the issue to make them change. We cannot do that. It is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is in our reactions, our responses, interpretations, and how we then live with others. Our responsibility ends at that joint line when the other person comes to meet us there, emotionally, energetic, relationally. That is the contract. That's the agreements. So we can only look at our own. We can only heal our own and we can only live through our own. And at times project our ideals out into the environment to which we want to create something different. Now I can appreciate there's a lot of information in this one and you may benefit from listening to it several times or better still just buy the book. You know, that is also another alternative. At the end of the day, all I can really say is to be gentle with yourself. You are learning and unlearning at the same time. It is like, um, it's not even like developing or going to the next year of high school. In many ways, it's like jumping a few lines and going to university and needing to unlearn some lies that were taught in high school around algebra, for instance, or calculus. I never really did those subjects, so I really don't know what they are. But in, I can imagine if there are errors in the formulas that we learned in high school and then we're now doing university level, the mismatch can cause confusion. And especially if the lecturer is presenting it in a way that is misunderstood. So have compassion for yourself. You've jumped a few levels. You're curious, but you may not have all the foundational information to help you at this point. You may be listening to this and go, oh, this is such old hat. And that's brilliant. Fantastic. Jump into our circle group and share your experience with others and help me to help others develop these skills and insights. The invitation is there. What you do with it is entirely up to you. It's like I'm doing my side of the stage act. And whoever joins me on this stage is an open invitation. And all I ask is that it's done respectfully, with honesty and truth and empathetic consideration for yourself and others. I'm going to wish everyone a fantastic and just keep being you. Okay, at the end of the day, what's and all, as we often will say, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between. Because everyone is doing the best they can, including you, including me, 
with the information resources and our own history that we are contending with at any given moment. And there's good and bad in everything and there's good and bad days. And it really does also depend on the chemical mix, the emotional, the energetic mix of situations in any particular moment. So just be gentle. That's all I'm going to say on this point for today. Until the next episode, keep being true to you and keep staying cool. Okay, ciao. If any of today's recording touched you and you'd like more information or you'd like to reach out and work with Leah, you can do this at www.stepstochange.com.au. That's all letters. Or if you've been triggered, then please do reach out to your local mental health support line because you certainly are worth looking after you and staying safe.